singer to singer. Sophie Bancroft in conversation with jazz vocalist Fiona Duncan. Episode 12, Second Chances. the workshops um, really I sort of started slowing down then still well, didn't well you were ill for yeah I was how long yeah. how long did, well, did you not really, sing for uh, from we'd just done a, a Danish tour just before I was ill and we'd been Jay Clayton was yeah. uh over in Copenhagen at Kat Lagarde's house where we were running a vocal workshop and Kat had met Jay at the workshop in Glasgow, I think. Yeah. And, uh, or at my house and invited uh, Jay to come over as well. And we did um, a week's workshop there and we did gigs for a month. A lot of gigs... And uh, I came back and I had one gig after I came back. And then we went down to see Leanne in Hastings. That's right. And that's and when I took ill. Just after that, yeah. Yeah. On the way back from Hastings. Yeah. And it was, um, uh, I don't know, I was really out of commission for nearly a couple of years. Yeah. Uh well, it was longer. I yeah, think, it, was. It? it was. Because wasn't it just before your 75th birthday? That's right. That you, you were ill? That's right. And I, th- I think what I found, I mean, the whole time was just horrendous for all the people that loved you, uh, you know. But what I found particularly powerful at a certain point in the journey of it was after you'd left hospital... Because you were in hospital for a long time, weren't you? I remember I thought you were lying... I thought you were beside my bed, lying on top of a grand piano, draped over a grand piano. And I thought, what's Sophie doing on that grand piano? I was on morphine. It was... I was out of my tree. I kept saying, what's Sophie? She's going to fall off. If that lid closes, she'll be squashed. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, terrible. But I remember when you'd, when you'd gone home and you were had a long recovery Yeah, because my wound wouldn't close. Yeah. And I remember 
how... For me, it was very important, actually. It it was like nothing about singing mattered. All that mattered was you Mm. surviving. Mm -hmm. And I found that very powerful. Now I wonder What we were dreaming Laughing in the sunshine. But I was really, you know, so out of it for yeah. so long. I could hear this music all the time, Sophie. Yeah. Under through the state, there was a, there was a. I thought I was in, I thought I was in a, a jazz club, right? Uh, when I was in hospital, and there was a flight of stairs going up. But between the stairs, where the back of the stairs should have been, each step there was a speaker and there was music coming out and it was all slightly out of tune. Oh. It was like a, an old piano, yeah. you know, jangly. Yeah. And I could hear all the songs, yeah. but they were all slightly, just... Slightly not right, but I kept saying to everybody, if you listen to the music, you'll be all right. You know? So was, it, was that, hearing that music, was that reassuring for you? Yeah, I, was, I, I found a, yeah, mm. I, I thought, no, you just listen to the music and you'll be fine. Mm. Listen to the music. The music has always come into it. It's... Uh, yeah, that's amazing to hear. I didn't know that that, that you heard that. Yeah, it was, song. you know, and it was really, I kept saying, when Ronnie came in, I kept saying, what's wrong with that? And he'd say, what's wrong with what? That music, I can't hear any music. Yeah. And I said, it's, Ronnie, it's, it's on an old, it's not a piano, it's just out of tune and echoey. But all different songs in each steer. Mm. Could you recognise the songs? Yeah, I, I knew them up until a couple of months ago. There was two of them, that, and I thought, I don't ever remember singing that, but I must have done. It was in you somehow. It's there, you know. And then, and then there was a certain point in your recovery where you then started doing the occasional gig again with Brian yeah. as a duo. And that that was just. Great, and it, it's actually so easy doing it with Brian because he's really fairly calm to work with, you know, when he's being well, calm. You, you two are so magical together. But and he's, I, I mean, I just, I just love him and I love what he plays and I know him so well yeah. and he knows me. Yeah. Cable, he'd just now go through and sit at the piano. I'd be cooking, he'd sit at the piano playing, and I'd hear what he was playing and I'd start singing it and then wander through, and then we'd just carry on. And he'd just go on to something else, and if I knew it, I would sing it. And he'd say, 
what's not the right key, what key, and you just work out, you know. Mm. And I'd say, why did they never do that? Oh, it never came up, you know. And that's why I keep lists and lists. Yeah. Put that down, put that yeah. down. So, no, he's, he's great, and I really... The, the last few years, you've, you have... I mean, I feel that the best work you've done has been these last few years, I have to say, as someone that's listened to you for a very, very yeah. long time. I mean, I, you know, some of the, the, well, all of the gigs I've seen you do with Brian have just have been extraordinary in these last few years. Um, and you went through that phase of, of just getting a whole new repertoire together. Yeah. and Brian makes me do that, you know. He makes me walk to the edge, you know. And, and that's what it always feels like. Because I can make a list up and then just before I go on, I change my mind because I get, you know, I take, get the fear and I'll think, oh, no, I won't be able to do that. What if it's not the right key? What would you know? And, but he actually just makes me put down a list and doesn't want to see the chords mm. unless it's, you know, something silly. Um, doesn't want to see the chords. And just, you know, and he, if, if we haven't, I mean, he'll start off and if he knows right away it's not the right key, he just changes just goes, it yeah. and I just hear him yeah. because I'm so yeah. into what he's doing, yeah. you know. Yeah. So we just, you know, we can yeah. just change it and <laughs> look at the audience and see if they notice. That's a beautiful thing hearing you two. Oh. Laughing. In the sunshine And crying in the rain I wish that we were young And foolish again When you have recorded in a studio without your audience, how does, I mean, how do you, because you're such a, you're, you, you relate so strongly to an audience. How do you deal with not having the audience there? It's really funny. It's just getting your head in a different space. It really is. Um, I, I used to hate it. I used to, I mean, I remember from the very first one I did when I was 19, for pie, you know, and being in a box that was miles away from the band and having a, an echo chamber, which was about a foot big. I mean, it was huge. Yeah. I was, what's that, you know? And feeling very disconnected mm. with the music, mm. you know? I suppose a bit like when somebody does one of these uh, online stream things. Yeah. If there's a, a lag, that's what it felt yeah. like. Yeah. There's a, a slight time lag. Yeah. But now with Brian and the last one that we did was, I mean, I, he was right there with me and there was no spillover and, and it was just a comfortable, safe place to be.
it's been a good life and I don't regret anything mm. except maybe not paying attention a bit when I was a bit younger. I was having far too good a time, you know. What, what did you feel you didn't pay attention to? I didn't pay attention to what I should have been paying attention to is, you know, uh, extending my repertoire into and, and letting go of the fear and, you know, really, that's it. I, I, I did what I could do because I could do it. Mm. And it's really not something I should be proud of because when I see how... You know, when I talked to Sheila and when she was going to lessons with Lenny Tristano and, you know, she took lessons with him and he sent her away to learn um, the Charlie Parker solo and, and she wouldn't wait and learned it for the next week. And I thought, oh, you see, I've never done that. You know, I never did things like that. I was just sailing on. But you, know. did the, you did the Madeline's thing. Yeah, and, and I, I went back twice. It yeah. was great. I mean, I really loved that. I loved Madeline's teaching. I loved, I loved you know, because she had a bit more modern head than yeah. I did as well. Yeah, you but know. She, she, she was absolutely phenomenal teacher. Yeah, she was great. Well, she is a phenomenal she teacher. She is. She's great. But so are you, Sophie. Well, I learned from her and from you. Well, I'll tell I mean, you what, you are, you're great. You're so, uh, you know, I mean, I, all the students that say to me or people that ask me who to go to, I'll say go to you because you are, you know, you do it from the heart and from the right place and it's, you know, it's great. It's great. Mm. I've sat in and one of the first time I sat in in one of your lessons just to see how you were. And I was amazed at what you achieved in the hour, you know, mm. and how you explained it to get through to, you mm. know. Well, I, I mean, I've, I have been so lucky growing up with you there and I think one of the things for me which kind of makes a lot of sense in a way just because I didn't know until these conversations now how, in a way, deeply your confidence issue oh. has been for you. I mean, I've always seen you be nervous yeah. before gigs. Terrible. But but for me, as a, as a young singer coming up, what I one of one of the things I found so brilliant from knowing you so closely all the way through was just your understanding of insecurities. What it feels and, like. Know. And it's, you know, it's, I mean, I remember Madeline and I sitting at the kitchen table at Port and Cable and uh, Madeline, we were just, it was in the morning and she's sitting looking at me and I'm sitting looking at her and she said, you know, are we really such masochists? <laughs> and I said, yeah. I said, I, it's like that. You know. What is it? I think Madeline maybe suffered from that a lot when she was younger. Mm. But she got, she's got through that, mm. you know. And I know her, Vince Latiano, her husband, 
was quite instrumental, I think, in, you know, pulling Madeline into the next place because mm. he was working with everybody, you know. Yeah. Um, I think he worked with uh, Carmen a few times and, you know, so she was really listening to what he was telling her. And when I was younger, I mean, Forey was, he was great with me, but yeah. Forey was Dixieland, yeah. you know, and that was it. Clip your words, clip your words, you know, punch, punch, yeah. punch. And that was punched into me like every night on mm. stage. And that's the way I thought I had to do it to be accepted, mm. you know. But no, I have, I've got a lot of lack of self-confidence. Mm. interesting thing is knowing a lot of very exceptional singers is everybody everybody does and that's one of the strange you think that everybody else is I, they, they don't i know and that's one of the things i find with students as well as they all they all think that no you know no professional singer has nerves or <laughs> you know and that if they have nerves it therefore means that they can't do it and is it, uh, somebody said to me last night or night before, whoever, whatever it was, I think it was the guy I phoned up about one of the albums and he said, you can't have a problem with your confidence, surely. And I said, you have absolutely no idea, mm. you know. But I've worked with you for years and I've, I said, well, you know, it's mm. just, well, you don't know yeah. the person behind the... Yeah. You know, yeah. the front, if you like. Well, I do believe that if you, if you, but I care terribly. Well, exactly. And if you, if you don't have that openness, that means you're prone to then doubting yourself. You can't ever dig deeply no. into those emotions. You no, know, I, you know, and I have been seriously. I mean, I have been seriously for years trying to find out what this is, and I've gone to, you know. Various things, oh gosh. Sophie, I remember when I was over in the States and I was working well and things were going good. And, but I was, uh, I felt uh, totally out on a limb. Shirley McLean, sorry about that. But I was, felt totally out on a limb. And uh, I remember looking up the local newspaper and seeing Transcendental Meditation, you know. And thinking, I wonder what that's what about TM. Try and find out a wee bit about that. And I went down to this place and, oh, they wanted thousands of dollars, you know. And I thought, maybe this is, maybe this is something that would help me. This. And then, no, I thought, no, this is not right. And I was reading the paper again and I saw channeling. 
So I went, got a taxi. Didn't know where I was going, but gave them an address, and it was a house way out in the middle of nowhere, and I'm thinking, I shouldn't really have done this, you know. <laughs> Nobody knows where I am. <laughs> and I went into the house, and it was full of people. And the guy said, right, in the back door, come in. They're in the middle, and I said, right, you know, middle of what? And I sat down, and, and there was this lady, girl, sitting. She was quite large. And she was sitting at the side of the fireplace, and this whole... There was about 15 people in the room. And uh, there was this voice coming out that was... It was like a Cornish fisherman. And she brought and shouting and I said I started looking and and she turned to me and she said uh, what is the matter with you? And I, and I said and I said I really don't know. I really don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's the matter. I, I, and she said, um, you know, have you got a question? Why? why? And I, I thought, this is... T- I, all I wanted to know is why I feel the way I feel, why I'm, I get scared and I get panicky and my confidence seeps. And to get it back up again, I have to really drag it out my feet. And she said it was... Um, she said that you've had something happen in your life that has been, you know, early, that was traumatic. And I have no idea what that was, mm. you know. But, I mean, this was... I went there and... The people from universities and things were all there and they were asking questions and getting answers from this Cornish... This is... She said that she took on the... whatever it was of a Cornish fisherman. Oh. And this Cornish voice was coming out of this American mouth and I couldn't believe it, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, that, this is just me trying to find out why I got so nervous. Mm. I remember when when I I did the Bird of Paradise in in the club in Ann Arbor, which was a great jazz club, and they had everybody came there. Everybody. Um, that was one of the places that Monty Alexander came to, and it was Ron Brooks was on bass, a guy from Detroit who'd worked with the Lenny Tristano Trio, and quite a famous drummer who I didn't know, but everybody else knew, and a great piano player, black guys. And I can remember going on the first night, you know, and meeting them, and and I'm thinking, you know, they've been introduced to me and they're saying, so, you're from Scotland, and you're a jazz singer? And I'm thinking, oh, here we go, you know. 
this is proving yourself again, you know. Mm. And I thought, oh, dear. But I'll tell you what, they were great. They were great. And I got booked back there quite a, four or five times. And it was a great night. It was a, a great club. But this, you know, all, every time I did anything like that, I had so little confidence in myself and I, I needed somebody with me to say, you'll be fine, <laughs> you know. Mm. And that used, that shouldn't happen when you're in your 60s. Mm. But you, 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 it's, never, it's never stopped you apart from no. when you <clears throat> did your back and then when you were yeah. seriously ill. I mean, that's the only times yeah. you ever listened too much. Yeah. Or when you were ill, you were ill. Yeah. There wasn't anything to do with that. But with your back, you then decided to stop being a singer. That's right. And I did. I, I decided it was... Hmm. I couldn't do that anymore. And I'm glad I got a second chance. Yeah, got well. You know. <laughs> so no, I really am. Yeah. I'm glad because I could have just wandered on. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine that you would have much longer though. Um, Some something else would have happened to. Yeah. It's too strong in you. It's too, especially if you're you're saying that you heard, you were hearing music while you oh, were out of it. You know when you were. I so know. Ill. I'm talking about I hear music. <laughs> <laughs> Mighty fine music. I'm thinking, oh. <laughs> 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 now I wonder what we were thinking of laughing in the sunshine crying in the rain featured the song Young and Foolish from Fiona Duncan's CD Young and Foolish released by 10 to 10 Records it's available to buy from propermusic.com you can hear more tracks by Fiona Duncan at www.soundcloud.com forward slash Fiona Duncan Singer to Singer is a Sophie Bancroft production. Visit www.sophiebancroft.co.uk for more information. Mm-hmm.